The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ZWC. I'm your host, Laura Nash. I'm so excited about today's episode. It's all about mushrooms, which is kind of crazy because we're in wintertime right now. Um, But everybody wants to stay healthy, and mushrooms can be actually a really, really healthy source. Now, what does this have to do with zero waste? Well, actually, quite a bit. Uh, So where I live, I can go and pick mushrooms and uh, get some, some healthy nutrients that way, not only for free, but of course, package and waste free. Um, So if you have a trail or if you have a park or if you have your own property or just a little yard, you may have noticed some mushrooms growing there. And if they're the right kind to eat, um, it's a a wonderful way to eat zero waste. So today we're going to be speaking with Dennis Vidmar and he's from the Mush Hub in Windsor, Ontario. So Dennis, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Laura. I look forward to chatting everything mushrooms. Yay. So it seems like you know a ton about mushrooms. So uh, this is really great. I've been trying to put a lot of them into my diet. I do a lot of foraging and uh, I'm really excited about this. Um, So let's start off, Dennis. So tell us who you are and where you're from. Uh, Well, my name is Dennis, as you said, and I'm a second generation mushroom farmer. I'm currently located in Windsor, Ontario. However, I grew up on mushroom farms all over the world, thanks to my dad, uh, who's a mycologist. He's currently uh, working on one of the largest farms in in the world in China. Um, I'm here when I started on the Agaricus mushroom farm uh, with with white button, Carmini and Portobello mushrooms. I slowly expanded into the exotic in the wild. And so today, my company uh, here in Windsor, uh, we consider ourselves uh, 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 to be a marketing company of fungi, and we're presenting on the market a variety of fungi foods, snacks, and beverages, uh, utilizing exotic and wild mushrooms. Wow, even beverages. How does that work? Well, uh, that that all goes back into the wild. We believe that wild uh, mushrooms, and there's uh, scientific proof for for that, uh, all come with uh, more nutrients than any cultivated food. Um, And so what we strive for is making a line of of drinks that are not only delicious, but loaded with nutrition. And with every mushroom that's out there in nature, uh, every mushroom uh, brings you different uh, nutritional values uh, that we need to fuel our immunity and and live a better, healthier tomorrow. So we believe the mushrooms should be added to every meal. And our job is to make sure that we educate individuals to understand that for everything that you're trying to solve, uh, there's a mushroom that can help you. Yes. Amazing. So to build on that, I'm actually currently dosing with turkey tail. So mm-hmm. uh, turkey tail is a really pretty fungi and it's... Um, like stripes there's stripes on it and so we have some on our property and uh, I'm trying to reduce the size of a cyst that I have in my finger and so far it's gotten smaller so I'm pretty sure it's from the turkey tail but um, sometimes it's hard to tell but I'm happy to work with turkey tail instead of you know trying to go have surgery and get it cut out and obviously surgery can lead to other complications and stuff so I'm I'm giving turkey tail a try uh do you know anything about turkey tail (laughs) <laughs> what 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 turkey tail is is one of those fungi where our 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 mother earth tells us have it have it for breakfast have it for lunch have it for dinner and when i say have it i, I don't mean eat it i mean pick it dry it and make tea out of it uh, some people make tinctures uh, other people uh, go go the route of of you know having it in a pill format um, I'm all about the wild because I, I do believe that if we listen to nature, we can solve a lot of our troubles. And with that comes turkey tail. Turkey tail is a mushroom that you can find on every continent of our planet, and, and it comes in abundance. I have yet to find a tree that we have picked uh, sustainably and, and ethically that, uh, you know, only sometime after would create an abundance more. And it's like telling us, you know, this is what you need to, to live a healthy, strong life. I have people who swear by the turkey tail, um, they've saved their life. You know, I, I'm very blessed that um, one, one of the concepts that we have is a, it's called the Mushroom Hub, which is an everything mushroom uh, and truffle boutique. 
And so uh, having, you know, people having the ability to walk into a store and try up to 40 varieties of, of fresh edible choice fungi. Um, and then in addition to that, to have a variety of all the, all the wild, ethically foraged wild uh, mushrooms from, from chaga to reishi to turkey tail and, and even cordyceps. Unfortunately, cordyceps, we are, it's type of mushroom that we are currently only utilizing on the cultivated side, but it's still showing a lot of, a lot of nutritional values, which, which we'll be actually testing here with the, with the university locally. But to go back to the turkey tail, even Paul Stamets, who a lot of people who know mushrooms have heard about Paul Stamets, so have, you know, watched a number of his TED Talks on, on how mushrooms will save the world. Um, and his mom, you know, was diagnosed with stage four cancer and, and he, she's, alive today to live to tell about it uh, but she's not the only one i have a gentleman here who was given four months to live um cancer and uh actually it's called Ga uh, uh, jack's garage on youtube it's a three-part series documentary uh if you go on it he swears his life by cannabis and, and by mushrooms and, and turkey tail in, in particular is something that he added to his uh, uh ongoing daily uh, uh intake because it you know, he's eight years later, he's here to talk about it. And so what, what we fail to see is that, you know, and I, I'm a mushroom guy, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fun guy. And, and for me, my mission in life is, is to make sure that everybody knows this, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's great. That's actually Paul Stamets. Uh, that's why I started dosing with turkey tail. It's so funny mm -hmm. how these things pop up in your life. So if you're listening, I don't know if you believe in any like spiritual stuff or like any guidance or whatever you believe in. But it's funny because sometimes I wonder if things pop up just when you need them because I just kept seeing turkey tail and I didn't even know what it was. I was like, hmm, those are pretty. Those are pretty. I was seeing them every day. Like they were right on my my trail on my own property. And then I, I finally identified them, but it was right around when I had heard about Paul Stamets fixing his mom's cancer. And so then I was like, oh, I should probably be eating this. And so I took it home, I dried it, and then I ended up putting it in the coffee grinder so that it, it turned into like a fluffy powder. And then that's how I'm dosing with the powder. I just actually just put it in a beverage and drink it. Um, so yeah, it's funny how these things happen, how you can just kind of stumble, stumble upon things, you know? You know, nature speaks to us and, and we fail to listen because we're disconnected from nature. We're, you know, I don't know how many people on, on your channel here know about, you know, taking your socks off and, 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 and walking in the grass for 30 minutes, or I, I don't know if they know the concept of what it means to, to, to enjoy the cold and, and maybe even take cold showers or, or dump themselves in cold water for X amount of time. There are people on our planet that are connected spiritually to who we are as, as, as people, where we come from. And, and we need to listen to those people because they're breaking the boundaries where science is telling us it's not possible. These people like Wim Hof, for example, the, the Wim Hof uh, breathing method, um, you know, very popular on YouTube, uh, Instagram, all, all the social channels, I'm sure. Um, but this guy defies, defies what your regular doctor will tell you, you know, oh, you have this pain, you need this pill. You have this pain, you need this pill. And I keep telling people, look guys, you know, and let me tell you, uh, I'm going to tell you something intimate here, what, how, I'm, how much I believe in fungi. In this time where I believe there's a war on our health, uh, where we're living today in 2021, it is now more than ever crucial that we, that we really dive into our food and what we consume because we are what we eat. How much we invest in food today is a direct uh, correlation in how much we're going to invest in medication tomorrow. That is a given fact. When somebody tells me, oh, I have a budget for food. I said, what do you mean you have a budget for food? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, if, if you're willing to spend $10,000 on cancer treatments in, in 30 years, why aren't you spending that money today on, on quality food that, that will make you better? So in this whole escapade, yeah. I'm, I'm a guy that consumes two to three pounds of mushrooms a week. I have not been sick in my, my if you ask my wife, she, she'll tell you that she's never, you know, heard me sneeze or whatever. And, and I, I, I give all of that to mushrooms. So because of this whole chaos that we're, we've been in, you know, um, we live in an age, for example, I'm in Ontario and I got in shock. I was like, you know what, I'm going to test my, I'm going to stop eating mushrooms and I am going to test my vitamin D level. So I go to the doctor, I request a full-on physical, and I say, hey, I want to do a vitamin D test. And he's like, Dennis, that's extra. I was like, what do you mean it's extra? He's like, well, if you want a vitamin D test done on your, <laughs> on your physical, you have to pay extra, uh, you know, $33 and however, 27 cents. And I said, but, but sir, that's the core. That is the core reason 
for tens, 20, 30 uh, uh, different diseases that we're dealing with on an ongoing basis. And you're telling me that my government does not want to know of every single individual and their vitamin D levels? What are we talking about here? And then uh, we did the test. I stopped eating mushrooms for that. Uh, for I stopped eating mushrooms for about six weeks. It was the worst time of my life. <laughs> and the reason because, you know, I, I, I'm a, I crave mushrooms. Um, and so we did the test. He tells me, Dennis, you're vitamin D deficient. And I said, okay, sir, what do you want me to do? And he says, uh, I want you to take 5,000 IUs or whatever the hell it's called in supplements, vitamin D supplements. And I said, okay, boss, no problem. I went home and I made myself three pounds of mushrooms in that one seating. I missed them so much. And, um, and I went one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Now, I didn't expose my mushrooms to the sun, which there are studies out there that showcase the different types of variety of fungi. When you expose them to the sun, they gain enough vitamin D for your daily intake for what you need that day. Right. I didn't do that. All I did was it was it was summertime. I exposed myself to the sun. Every time I had a phone call, I walked out of the building and, and, and stared at the sun. You know, thank thank Father Son for, for for giving me for giving me natural light. And I did that for for almost two months. I went back to the doctor. We did a test and he said, Dennis, great job on the supplements. And I said, thank you, boss. And I left. And I left. Uh, I, and, and my vitamin D was not where it needs to be, but it was way better. So then what did I do? I now started um, uh, utilizing, for example, for my B12, I, I utilize shiitakes. I read a study where, where they actually found good traces of, for vitamin B12 that, that I utilize. That's what I think about when I think about uh, vitamin, vitamin B12. But mushrooms are loaded in, in niacin, selenium, protein. You know, people, when, when they tell me, when they tell me um, the different components of, you know, the, the, the potassium, for example, the potassium theory. So when I go into high, into high school here and I talk to students, I always ask them, what do you guys think when you think about a, a potassium, right? And what's the answer? Bananas. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, if, and if I tell you that there are two mushrooms in your grocery aisle that have more potassium per serving than a banana, you'd be like, what? Right? And 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 I tell people that is because of the banana, the melon lobby. They're so powerful. And when you think of that, yeah. and when you think of that, and then when you look at the history of banana and what they used to be and how they look now, and then you look on who owns the seeds of those said bananas, right? Um, it's a whole different, like you open yourself into a world of what, right? And so, uh, and, and that's just a, a small bit of it, right? So I, I believe, I believe that for every nutrient that your body needs, I believe mushroom there is a mushroom that will help you if you're iron deficient load up on morel mushroom 67 percent iron per 100 grams of serving uh in addition to 51 percent of vitamin d per serving and, nice. and 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 that's food yeah that's interesting because yeah vitamin d i think is fortified here in canada into like i'm not sure if it's fortified into cereal but i know it's fortified into milk and orange juice so that might again have something to do with you know, the, the dairy industry and, um, the dairy cartels, as we sometimes call it, are very, very powerful, you know? So, and orange juice companies are massive. Like if you think about Tropicana, you know, they control the narrative, right? Yeah. This is like, we are constantly bombarded continuously. You need this to be happy. You need this to do that. You need this to do that right? Happy families jumping up and down. And then at the end of the commercial, they say, uh, you know, in, in very quick language, diarrhea, death, uh, mental disease. <laughs> and you're like, hold on a second. What, what are we buying here? Right. And uh, I think that people need to reconnect uh, with, with where their food comes from. Um, one of my missions is, is to make sure that we, re we regain that curiosity amongst uh, our youth in wanting to grow food for themselves, in wanting to say, in wanting to go to their neighbors on the left and on the right and say, hey, how about instead of, you know, having all this grass around the house, around these houses, why don't you grow tomatoes, I'll grow cucumbers and you grow peppers? Right. And we'll barter and exchange. Each, and then at the same time, we'll give it away to, 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 to our neighbors. Right. Not only are you teaching yeah. discipline to the family, but you're teaching discipline to, to your youngins uh, to know that, you know, food is not a button away. You know, the, the one thing about food and, and convenience, you know, I always say co convenience is the plague of our time. 
and we can utilize convenience for the benefit of who we are and how we can exchange a better life, or we can go down the rabbit hole and then uh, uh, the convenience takes over everything. And we don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that for my kid, you know, so future kid. Yeah. And that's why, that's why this ties back into waste because it's all about convenience. Everybody wants an orange peeled for them and cut in half, put in a container, like a plastic container you're going to throw out in like two Mm -hmm. seconds, you know, or you want that pop can instead of just going and brewing some tea from some herbs and a tea ball or something. Right. So yeah, we're already on that, that level. Uh, We've been on there for a while out, out at our house. We're in Ontario as well um, near Kingston. And uh yeah, we, we grow a lot of our food and our neighbors grow food as well. And so we're doing what you're saying. We're switching. Like our neighbor grows amazing garlic. We grow really good Brussels sprouts and uh, zucchinis. Um, and zucchinis really store well. Like we have um, probably 20 zucchinis in our cold storage still that are very hard and they're going to last a long time. Potatoes, we have all sorts of things. So when we go to take care of our gardens, uh, we go on walks and oftentimes in the spring and fall, we're seeing oyster mushrooms. We're seeing morels. Uh, we are seeing um, um, shaggy manes. There's mm. one that I think was it Saint? Is there a Saint Charles or Saint Andrew? Oh my gosh, I forget. It was like there this is. cute little button one, and it's 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 a mushroom from Europe. Saint George, maybe. Yes, thank you. Yes. Do you think we have those in Ontario? Because I'm pretty sure I found one, but like not Northern true. Ontario. Yes, Northern Ontario. I, I had a guy that found him in the Collingwood area there. Uh, near Blue Mountain, oh. um, and then okay. I, there are some Maybe people north of north of north of Ottawa. Uh, Ontario actually has a huge abundance of, of mushrooms, but we always yeah. have to keep in mind for everybody that's listening. And and a lot of people went into foraging in the last you know the the, the years of COVID, the era of COVID. Uh, they switched to 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 uh, to foraging, and and that is why our poison control here in Ontario received a three hundred percent more increase of of poison control because people go out and they search for primarily the magic mushroom, right, which is available in certain parts of Ontario. And they are not, a, um, you know, the, the one, there's an, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, all mushrooms are edible, some only once. And this is, a, well, yeah. you know, th- this is a, a theory that people don't seem to understand when they say, well, it can't be that, it can't be like, it can't be that easy. And I said, guys, you know, for example, here in Windsor, Ontario, you can walk into the uh, forest just uh, uh, south of here, Windsor, and um, on the same tree trunk, you're in the same area, you're going to find the honey mushroom, you're going to find the inokitaki mushroom, and you're going to find uh, Galerina marginata. And uh, one of them is deadly. Within seven to 10 days, you are done. You say goodbye. And you won't notice it. First day, you're going to be sick. First day, you're going to be sick. And then nothing will happen for, for 70, up to 72 hours. And then you are going to just one after another, right? And, and, and believe it or not, I received a phone call during COVID from a gentleman that, that actually made a, a soup with the death angel, right? Um, and so... After realizing it, he spit it out. Luckily, he didn't ingest it. I messaged that guy on a daily basis uh, because I, I, I needed to under- know that, you know, he's okay. But it's very easy to make a mistake, you know. And, and, and luckily, we are living in a time right now when people want to get together and they want to learn. And so when, you, when you're out foraging, you know, the rule in the game is verify, verify, then verify some more. And if you're a newbie, do not touch the little brown mushrooms. That is a step away from a step away from from potentially dying. And then additionally, if you're foraging and and you know you're you're, you're confident, for example, that the mushroom is a hedgehog, you know, uh, don't eat the full bunch that you that you picked. You know, uh, leave about ten percent of it in the fridge. So God forbid something your body doesn't react to it well, or you have severe diarrhea or vomiting, you can take that mushroom with you through the hospital and say, hey, I ate this. Maybe this is the result if it's not some other food that you may have ingested days prior. So uh, yeah, def- definitely verify, verify, verify some more. Yeah. And uh, there's many books. So there's a few books on Ontario specifically. There's books on mushrooms in North America. So there's a lot of reference books that you can get. And then there's also this app. Have you seen Picture Mushroom? Yes, uh, there's there's actually a, a number of different uh, number of different apps. What I encourage people to do, however, is you can utilize the app to try and narrow your field. But I have yeah, found it's not that great. No, I would say that about seventy percent 
I would say about 70% has been my rate here in Windsor, Essex, right? Again, there's only certain fungi that are found here that are not, you know, that, that some fungi are not found in this area, right? So um, for certain areas, it may be higher, higher average, but it should never be your only source. It should be, okay, if you're new to it and you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use the app. You zero it into a, a genus, a species, or, or whichever else. But you're always referencing one to two to maybe even three books, right? Um, because you do want to go through the referencing component. Uh, and the more that you reference, the more you're going to the, the the more that you're going to um, feel confident. But that confidence should never overtake you because it's it's a very small. So for example, I was talking to uh, two, two weeks ago, I was talking to a lady on the phone and she told me how she tried chanterelles for the first time. And she just went on, she was on the bathroom and I was like, that's just, I was like, I know when, when people eat mushrooms, certain mushrooms for the first time, to, you need a small amount so your organism gets used to it. And then as you build up your tolerance to it, then you can add more and more. I couldn't eat a pound of maitakis when I started out. My first actual experience with maitake was a, a very good cleansing. <laughs> but the next day I, 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 I ate more of it, you know, uh, because I believe I believe in the food and, 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 and that it's going good, good for me. But, for example, after I talked to her on the phone for about half an hour, we came to the conclusion that she actually – bought mushrooms from a guy that didn't know what the hell he was doing off a farmer's market, that he actually got her to eat a jack-o'-lantern mushroom, which is a similar mushroom in, in a lookalike of chanterelle, right? Uh, but it is a mushroom that it won't kill you, but it will take you to the bathroom where in certain times you may have, you know, it's a very unpleasant experience. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. They can, they can really, like you said, they can kill you. Maybe there's a bit of adrenaline to it because you do have to identify them. We had some, some mushrooms growing in our mush, in our horse manure pile and they looked like a type with psilocybin. And so just for fun, I wanted to identify them. And it was hours and hours of research online, reading through all of these different things because they weren't in either of my books. I didn't have the app at the time. And then, so then I got the the microscope out and we were like looking at the prints and we're looking at the spore shape uh, because those are some more, you know, different techniques if you're listening that you can do if you're not sure. Um, and I do know what kind they were, but it took literally hours just to, <laughs> just to try to identify them. It was quite, it was quite a journey to see, um, to beautiful, see what it was. Right? It was fun. It was yeah. really fun. Yeah, De definitely. I, I, I do want to add, uh, uh, I, I do want to add to that, uh, what you said, a lot of people ask if they can eat mushrooms that they find uh, in their in, in their homes, like on their lawns in the front or back, it doesn't matter. Um, I always ask them how long they lived at the location and, and what chemicals they use on their on their on their because mushrooms are a sponge, yeah. they will take in that whole surrounding. So if you're if you're using Roundup, if you're using Roundup on a different part of, of your of your lawn or in the front, you would be surprised. You have to understand that behind be, beneath our feet, there are millions of miles of mycelium, different tiny uh, hyphies all together holding each other and, com and, and allowing the world beneath us to communicate. You know, mushrooms are the wood wide web of our planet and, and they help the trees communicate. They help uh, trees identify which tree needs more nutrients so they can actually share amongst one another. Um, so so knowing that connectivity and that symbiotic relationship that is that is occurring at all moments in life that we that, that with every walk we take, we implement and we, we affect it in one way, shape or form. And so what what we do in 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 in, in our backyards, what we do uh, in the neighborhood is all connected. Like, for example, I see in, in November here, October, people love raking their leaves. Oh, my God. I find that to be so I find that to be painful at times because we're so addicted to our lawns looking beautiful in the front. You know, the whole uh, how do you call that? What's that uh, home style where? Like uh, manicured? manicured yeah, yeah, lawns? yeah. Manicured lawns. Right. And you're like, yeah. there's really there. All this does is take my time away from learning something valuable or doing something of value with my life. And, and that's it, you know, and, and, and so we, we, we fall into that. We fall into that because, and, and that's what I love about, you know, people who love mushrooms. I find that like places that we deliver here in Windsor, Essex, 
majority of, of our clientele, which we call the shroomsters, they have their front lawns are like just all like different herbs and spices and like just, you know, lettuce, tomatoes, you name it. Um, so it's very beautiful to see that there is a shift happening. I'm, I'm seeing it, I'm feeling it. And, and, and it's, it's so lovely to see, you know, people like you and, and, and your neighborhood popping up all over the place. So, so the, the symbiotic relationship has not only, has not now only stayed beneath our feet, but now it's coming up to the, to the forefront, to the forefront. And I, I believe that if people see more of these projects popping up all over the place, um, that, that we will definitely have a beautiful tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, with our lawn, the big thing that I see people getting rid of is dandelions and I make wine out of the flowers out of the leaves, uh, I make tea because it's really good for your blood and your heart. And then the root is good for your liver as well. So it's it's fascinating to me. And if you want to go down a conspiracy rabbit hole, I've heard there's a connection between like the Roundup companies and the heart pill medication stuff, but it would make a lot of sense, right? Here, kill all your natural medications and things that'll keep you healthy so that you can you can come to us later when you're a mess and you know, you need drugs. But if you go to <laughs> buyer.com or Bayer, however you want to say it, like B-A-Y-E-R.com, and you look at their products list, and I'll put a link at the bottom of the show description on the, the Podbean site. So, oh my gosh. So products from A to Z, and you scroll down, and you've got Adelat, field of activity, pharmaceuticals, application, cardiology, okay? Then... It's Edengo crop protection herbicides. Then it's Edempos uh, pulmonary hypertension product. And then you've got Allion herbicides. And then you've got, I think there's another heart one. Oh, yeah, aspirin cardio, which is for cardiology application, right? So this is true. Uh, the same company, Bayer or Bayer, I don't know, they own the drugs to kill your dandelions and also to treat your heart problems let me tell you my conspiracy theory right let me being that this is this is completely connected right so you have the tobacco industry and all the doctors and all their you know smoking is good for you right and and then we you know all these studies that they promote say they're good for you, but in, in the background, we have studies that actually show that, that they prove themselves that it's bad for us, right? And, and then you have all these massive lawsuits with the tobacco industry. And then this magic thing happens with the nicotine patch and the nicotine gum. And nobody looks at the actual core investors of, of that company. Your solution to quit smoking is owned by the company that got you to smoke. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. and, and and so if my conspiracy is a conspiracy and yours is a conspiracy, but they are relatable conspiracies in the ideology of what they're trying to present for us, well, is it a conspiracy, right? <laughs> so I would rather just trust plants, but like not not totally, because like what we said is mushrooms can be very dangerous and they can kill you. Plants mm-hmm. are poisonous as well, and so are berries. So you have to really spend a lot of time learning about this and really be sure if you're going to eat this stuff. And and for me, it's more of a prevention thing, right? Like I'm like trying to prevent things. Although with the cyst in my finger, I'm actually trying to get rid of it and it has gotten smaller, much less painful, and it's a completely different shape. It's like less hard. So I can see a difference already. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that it, I can take it right away, which is kind of oh, interesting. Um, you mentioned the dandelion root, right? So yeah. there's a there's a study done here in Windsor, Ontario, uh, by a professor, Dr. Sa- uh, Sunday Pandey. Uh, he did a study on the on the power of the dandelion root and what is that what it does to cancer and leukemia. Okay, so when I read that article, I, I I saw it in the Windsor Star, and right away I sent him an email and I said, Doctor, if you think the if you have proven this with the dandelion root, I highly encourage you to do a study now. Mind you, this was February 2020, right? A month before the complete shutdown. And I I introduced him to the power of the turkey tail, which grows in abundance here in our area. But I really wanted him to look up a study that I read about in relation to shaggy mane mushrooms and how they were utilized um, in Europe, in parts of Europe, on on the benefits of battling leukemia. 
And so this was one of the studies that we were going to cooperatively do with the University of Windsor here. And then, unfortunately, COVID and COVID is still happening. So uh, this is one of the curiosities that I that I'm very, uh, very curious to, to find out the results of. Yeah, that would be really cool. It's cool that you're working with universities. I was just going to say how historically mushrooms have been demonized by certain cultures and loved by other cultures. And so I think right now is a really good time for people to get into the study of it. You know, when I speak at events, I always say we've entered the decade of mushrooms. And it is now in this decade, the decade where there's a battle for our health. It is where mushrooms will help empower and open the minds of many uh, not only on the nutritional values of what they bring to us on a culinary essence, that is where I hope uh, my company and the companies that we're working with will, will, will succeed. But in addition to that, one, one other part of our company is, is the research on the psychedelic component. So when you're looking at the history of man, there are certain uh, stories that say that the reason why our brain developed was because ape, apes ate a lot of magic mushrooms. Um, this is something that, you know, Paul Stamets mentions in Fantastic Fungi, the documentary by, by uh, Louis Schwartzberg. Um, uh, incredible hour and 21 minutes that everybody should be involving uh, 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 their time to, to making sure they watch it, amongst many other uh, now that are popping up all over the place. But I believe uh, it, it is my personal opinion and, and belief that the cultures that did not uh, adapt to uh, the mushroom culture are those that wanted to control that culture. Because if over time we have found that this, there are certain mushrooms that open up your mind to such connectivity to the spiritual and the connectivity to where we come from and who we are and why we're here. No, no we're not supposed to be, we, we did not come to this planet to work nine to five, eight to four. We did not come to this planet to have a better car than our neighbor. We came here for a reason. And, and whatever that, you know, I, I, I transmit that spirituality in my opinion where you know many light years away i sat in a room full of people something came on a tv and i rose my hand and i said i accept that challenge and you know a year later here i am that's how i connect myself to where i come from and and mushrooms are a huge part of that and so i'm very happy there's two this is a double-edged sword a little bit i'm happy on the amount of of the psychedelic research that right now is being uh introduced across north america john hopkins university did in 2019 investing you know over 11 million dollars now it's just more and more on that uh, on the psychedelic research in, in regards to how we can heal uh, patients who are battling depression anxiety ptsd to something as as you know clearing an addiction of smoking um by just having a session Right. And so there's, uh, for example, Berkeley right now is, is on a mission uh, before the end of the decade to to successfully graduate over 200,000 uh, professional guides that will help heal our nation, that will help heal the world. Right. And I find that in this whole uh, uh, era that we're living in, where, you know, everything is in a TV screen component. Even though we don't see it, there are. How do you have those? I don't know what they're called uh, in English. Uh, the the things that you put over horses' uh, eyes to see only straight? Blinders. Yeah. Blinders. Yeah. And I find that we all have these blinders continuously, you know? And, and, and mushrooms, in my opinion, remove those blinders and allow you to believe, allow you to stay, you know, to, to, to reignite that curiosity within you to say, why am I here? What is my passion? What is, what is that thing that, that you wake up uh, every morning and you rush to it because you believe you're making a difference in, in where our world should be. You know, somebody that's listening to your show for the first time is trying to go zero waste. They maybe haven't heard the fact that companies like Nestle and Dasani and the rest of them, they're not producers of water. They're producers of plastic. Right. And so when you when you when you when you zoom out and you look at that reality, you're like, uh, oh, you know, like why why is my why is my city water polluted? Our skin is what, 80 percent water? Our lungs are 75 percent water. Like we are water. 
right? It, it is the one thing, and, and fungi are water too. Like we have so many of these connectivities with fungi that like like mushroom, like like mushrooms, we breathe in oxygen and breathe out uh, uh, CO2. Like mushrooms exposed to the sun, our skin generates vitamin D. Like mushrooms are decomposers, right? I mean, there's so many of these things that, that overlap with, with fungi that, that people at the end of this decade, I believe, we're going to like our we're just going to skyrocket into sustainable innovation that's how i see the next decade mhm yeah uh, i did yeah. want to comment on the psilocybin stuff because there is a lot of evidence that this could really help and so i feel like a lot of people are really sick whether it is from you know having colds and flus uh whether it's from heart disease from their diet whether it's from uh depression and mental health issues like i feel like i just see so much of just bad negative uh stuff right and so there is a lot of promising studies that i've read that uh this psilocybin like microdosing stuff can help a lot with things like depression, bad mental health, um, PTSD, especially um, just because it really opens connections in your brain and it can really help you deal with things and see them in a different light. And uh, I, I think that we will see more of that as therapy, which might be better than antidepressants like antidepressants. You know, they're like, oh, you have a risk of, you know, maybe suicide or something like that's pretty horrible to give to a depressed person. Right. Like that's a pretty big risk. The side effects are incredible. It brings me back on the, you, you know, there's over 200, the, when I talked earlier, when I mentioned earlier about psilocybin and the double-edged sword component, in, in my opinion, is that a lot of this research is right now, they're not only focusing on psilocybin, they're focusing on LSD, they're focusing on, you know, ayahuasca and, and, and the different the different uh, DM, DMTs, right? It's, it's on the synthetic side. You know, I, in, in my opinion and, and what I plan to accomplish with my company is we, we were, our goal is to grow, you know, one of the 200 different species of fungi that contain psilocybin because different species have more psilocybin uh, 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 potency than, than others. But as, as Terrence McKenna once said, you know, for every individual, there's a special mushroom from them, you know, and, and so my goal is to see to test all of these out and say, okay, maybe there's a specific mushroom that really tenders to attack specific things uh, that, that we need, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, for and, certain conditions, right? Like PTSD exactly. might have a mushroom that's certainly better or depression or um, anxiety. Like there might be certain mushrooms. So that would be a great field to, to uh, expand. Absolutely. That, that is that is one of the things that I, I look at for within the within this upcoming decade that that is where I where my company will also uh, have something to say with it. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. I think it's really exciting to be on the healing side of things, right? You can be on the negative side of things in this world like you can have you know a job that builds bombs or something like you know it's not directly bad but you know it might make you feel bad or, or something uh, or you can be on the side of healing people or at least trying to make people healthier or help or whatever right there's there's different things um so i also wanted to mention that one of my favorite books of all time is by brian c murescu and he wrote this book it's called The Immortality Key, The Secret History of the Religion with No Name. <laughs> and it's all about pre-Jesus times and and the mysteries. So in ancient Greece, there were these ancient mysteries where people would prepare for a year to do this trip and they would walk, you know, for who knows how far away they were and they would come and they would see the mysteries. And he thinks that that was something to do with the hallucinogenics um it was probably more the fungus ergot but ergot is like wildly dangerous so nobody seems to be really sure how it could be ergot like how they could prepare it so it didn't make everybody sick or, or get saint anthony's fire because it that stuff can kill you right mm -hmm. um so it's a very interesting book if you're interested in crazy like revisionist history uh, about plants and fungi and religion and all this stuff. He really ties things in nicely. And and Brian Murescu was on Joe Rogan as well. So uh, if you 
are interested in that podcast, you can check him out. But yeah, he seems like a really cool guy and um, very smart. He's like a lawyer and like I think he studied classics and um, he did a great job. And he was poking around in the Vatican and he got special permission to go into these secret literally tunnels under the Vatican to do some research. And he was looking at these ancient, ancient, they're like kind of paintings, but made out of tile and stuff like that from thousands of years ago. And it seems like they're holding mushrooms in these, in the hands of these ancient people. Um, and then there's lots of places in the Vatican where he wasn't allowed. So I find <laughs> that interesting. It actually reads like a Dan, a Dan Brown novel where he's doing all this research with the Vatican and stuff. So yeah, there's, I like that, but you might like that too, Dennis. <laughs> there, there's a, um, I recently read somebody posted on, on, on LinkedIn uh, from 12, so 1200 to two, uh, from 1200 to 200 BCE, uh, the coup. Uh, Kupisnik uh, culture um, and and their relationship to their art in, in relationship to to the psychedelic component um, and then you go as far as five thousand years back where uh, so 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 if 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 people who are listening uh, should go on Google and type in Iceman Otzi O T Z I O T Z I depending on where you listen oh yeah they. Yeah. He had two two medicinal mushrooms, uh, which well, one of them uh, they believe uh, he utilized to to keep fire, and another uh, he utilized uh, for uh, killing uh, bacteria in the gut. And and both of these mushrooms are are you can find them across North America. You can find them also, of course, in in the Alps and 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 and, and parts of Europe as well. But you know these are these are cavemen that utilized utilized mushrooms at that time. Right. This is a time before Google. Right. So this is a time when <laughs> yeah. when when this is a time there was a meme going around uh, Instagram and all. And uh, I believe Facebook as well. I mean, they're all connected um, where it says, I want to thank Joe uh, for for diving in and trying that mushroom. So today we know not to eat it. You know, and so uh, so there was this, you know, show, showing the cavemen and saying, OK, who's going to try this one? And let's see if you're going to if you're going to live to tell about it. Yeah. So I actually have always wondered about that since I was a little girl. How do people figure out what to eat? And after spending time in the Amazon jungle, like with the Shipibo tribe and shamans and learning about plant medicine, oh, wow. I think there's some, I, yeah, I've been, I've done all that stuff. And that that's what really opened me up. That's what's really opened me up to how many medicinal plants are all around me at all times mm -hmm. and how good they are. Um, I think that there's some like Scooby-Doo kind of like spirit guiding stuff going on with these people who like are just really drawn to a plant. Like you, you just mm -hmm. noticed, like it was me with the turkey tail. I just noticed it, kept noticing it. And it like kept getting my attention. I was like, okay, it's I got to figure this out. So there's, so, I don't know. I just think there's, if there's anything going on, whether it's spiritual, whether you believe in God, whatever it is, I don't know. But I think there's something that helps people find out that hey this probably isn't going to kill me and it might help because if you look at ayahuasca everyone's saying how on earth would they know that it's a combination of two plants from the amazon jungle when there are so many plants like how would you ever know that you have to have that combination well i think maybe there's some spiritual thing going on or somebody had a dream or got a message from somewhere i don't know but there's some weird weird stuff going on like that i think I, I I wouldn't I I would not dismiss it. I would definitely not dismiss it because, um, like for example, last week last week I felt a little bit weak. I didn't eat my takis for so long, and I come into the cooler and I walk into the cooler and uh, and when I looked at those my takis, I grabbed the bag and 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 right away made the dish right away. And and it it was when I finished those my takis. Uh, to me, it was the most satisfying experience that that it kept me going. And I'm I'm an OMAD, right? I, I eat one meal a day, so when I eat, I, I eat, right? Um, but at that point in time, those mushrooms that I devoured and that was close to two pounds, um, I didn't eat for the rest of the day. I gave my body exactly what it needed, and a lot of the times we fail to we we fail to listen to our body. I'm still very curious, and and I before I leave my house every morning, I always am open to the idea of number one being proven wrong, number two learning something, and number three staying curious. Because if I cut myself 
and you know, two weeks later, I there's no more scar there. How do I not look at my body and believe that it it is the smartest engine on this planet and the smartest computer on this planet? And there's something within it that we're not we we've lost touch with. We are in control of it. It's listening to us, you know, unintentionally uh, with the subconscious, with the conscious. So I started reading up a lot on circadian rhythm and how our body functions and how different, how food actually relates to us. So when I utilize mushrooms in my, in my component of on the medicinal side, when I'm actually utilizing my chaga tea or my cordyceps or reishi or, or, or turkey tail or the maitake, the shiitake, the oyster, whichever one I'm working with, if I'm specifically working to solve an issue, like for example, chaga is something that I do. I believe I consume chaga about half to two thirds of the, of the year I consume chaga. And the other part, the other time that I don't consume chaga is when my body tells me you've had enough chaga or my body tells me you need to start chaga. But when I start chaga, I'm doing chaga every single day at the exact same time. And my body knows that at 6 p.m., Dennis is going to get a chaga drink uh, uh, that's loaded with uh, fresh lemons, with turmeric, with Himalayan salt and, uh, and, and, and pepper. Like my body knows at six o'clock, that's what it's getting. And I know for a fact that when I introduce it to it, first day, second day, third day, fourth day, I know that on the fifth day, if not sooner, my body already is sending the right, the right functions, whatever it needs to do to, to, to do that. And I relate that also when, you know, doctors tell you, hey, take this before you eat, take this at, you know, at 7 p.m., take this right before you go to bed. The same application comes with with the food that we ingest. If you're iron deficient, tell your body that every day it's going to get iron in this way. So when you plug it into your system with all the other stuff, and most of it may be junk, it may pass through you. Your body may not – you may be confusing your body, right? So if we try consistency over time, I find that we all get the results that we want, like you're getting with your cyst. Right. You have a consistent mind frame in what you're trying to achieve. And you're telling your body, I'm giving you turkey tail to utilize for this. And turkey tail does that. When you sleep, turkey tail goes around your body and taps all the all the bad toxic, you know, cells that it finds to let your body know, hey, you got to get rid of this. Right. Oh, do you think do you think I should be dosing at night instead of in the morning? Because I'm dosing in the morning. Uh, turkey tails are something that uh, I find that to be a, a booster component compared to the reishi or the chaga that will really help you on the sleep component, uh, right? Uh, some people have great results with reishi for sleeping. Some people have great results with chaga for sleeping. Um, actually, I didn't know about the chaga sleeping component. I always drank chaga in the mornings, always. It was always something I, I wake up and that was my power drink, right? With all the other ingredients I told you. Um, and then one of my one of my regulars, which ended up working, Working for me as well, Stefan. He's like, Dennis, have you ever tried? Have you ever drank the chaga right before you go to bed? And I was like, No, I didn't. But I, you know, I'll give it a try. And sure enough, my God, like I drink, I drink half a, I, I drink two cups because because my body's already used to chaga. If you're trying chaga for the first time, any of these mushrooms for the first time, do take it slow. Let your body adapt to it. Otherwise, you're otherwise you're just slapping it with something new, and and it's it's gonna have that reactionary component of is this good for me so your body will know it's good for you as it starts to break it down whatever you're ingesting right so i I do see a strong correlation between ingesting that specific mushroom at a specific time that you're trying to accomplish something Hmm, i wonder when i should be doing the turkey tail i also do lion's mane in the morning um, because i have for some reason, there's all these articles about people getting brain fog, which I find really disturbing because I feel like I have a little bit of it. Maybe because Canada is just on these stupid lockdowns forever. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have been taking that as well. I also found some on my dad's wood pile. Uh, so oh, wow. I was so excited. So excited. I hope that I can find some next year as well um, because it was just such a cool find. Super powerful mushrooms. Super powerful mushrooms. Yeah. There's uh, Paul Stamets did um, uh, also put out there a um, a dose of uh, you know lion's mane with niacin and psilocybin that, that does some crazy miracle stuff on the, on, the, on the brain connectivity and and regeneration. It's just I am so excited for what's coming down the pipeline. Like I'm in the industry, you know. I I, I like, 
when people tell me, oh, Dennis, you know a lot about mushrooms. I was like, no, no, you don't understand. I don't, I don't know anything about mushrooms, but every day I know more because there is so much to learn and there's so much that is going to come down our pipeline from, from the fact that your future Ikea furniture will be packaged uh, in, in mycelium packaging that after you, after you, you know, put that table or, or, or bed together, you can literally take that packaging, throw it in your backyard and in X amount of time, it, it, it's, it's part of nature uh, to, to, yeah. to, to opening the mind and, and you know, say, fueling our immunity to what it needs. The, the future is truly um, uh, going to give us uh, what, what this power of, of fungi, how, how it relates to who we are. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, I have two quick questions before I let you go. So uh, I'll give them both at the same time. You can pick one of them. You probably don't want to answer. I don't know. But okay, so one is if I find morels, should I pick them all? Or should I leave some so that they regenerate for next year? And then the second one is, do you know why Paul Stamets said that thing about portobello mushrooms? (laughs) 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 You know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) I do, yes. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so in relationship to eating mushrooms, people eat mushrooms raw. All mushrooms have... Uh, chemicals within all mushrooms do. So some people over time by eating raw mushrooms will build this up within their body and it will cause them to have a reaction on those specific mushrooms. That's why all mushrooms, in order for you to get all the bioavailable nutrients out of mushrooms, we must cook all mushrooms minimum three to four meat, uh, three to four minutes. Uh, and that I consider rare. If you go seven, eight minutes on, on high heat, that's considered medium rare. And then the farther you go down, the more well done you go. I eat all my mushrooms between three and seven minutes, uh, depending on the variety and the, the density of that mushroom. And, you know, that that may be some relation to, to how he took it. It's funny enough, when I was in Pennsylvania, which is the, you know, uh, Pennsylvania is, uh, Kenneth Square, Pennsylvania is considered the, the North American capital of mushrooms. It, there's more mushrooms per square foot produced there than anywhere else in North America. And they, they, um, they, they fuel about 60% of American consumption and Canadian as well. And so, um, so maybe that's the relationship, but but people in, in people in Kenton Square, farmers in Kenton Square, Pennsylvania, do not appreciate uh, uh, Paul Stamets, and, and and it's true, Paul Stamets did get you know threats in relationship to making that to making that announcement, and and as he as the as the kingdom gets more popular, that that topic may re-arise and, and the conversation on it uh, may turn into further research and so forth to actually outline what, what it is. You know, all mushrooms that we're eating today were tamed from the wild, all of them, right? So they all came from the wild. Uh, some are cultivated uh, uh, and, and only a, a fraction are cultivated. There are over 144,000 species of fungi on our planet. And every year we find more. That's the beautiful part about foraging. When you go out into the forest, and if you if you guys go to uh, uh, Fungi Foundation, there is an actual step guide that when you go foraging for the first time or whenever you go foraging, period, there's actually a step uh, process because the fungi that you may find may be the first fungi ever to be found on our planet. So that's the magic of going foraging. It's not, in, and that's in any part of the world. I mean, the Amazon that you mentioned uh, there, Laura, I mean, that is that is a place where we definitely find hundreds of species every year, right? In comparison to other parts of the world as well, um, just because the, the, the man, maybe the man footprint, the, the environment and so forth. Uh, so in relation to picking, we have to understand that we are not the only consumers of wild mushrooms other uh, other animals other other species that are part of that uh, forest um, also utilize those mushrooms for culinary purposes and 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 for that reason we always have to think ethically and sustainably when we're foraging mushrooms if you find a patch of morels and let's say you found 20 of them I personally, when I forage myself, I do not take more than what, how much I can put in my, in my hand. So even if I picked five and there's 300 more, I would leave those 300 for somebody else. That's me personally. I will pick the second hand if, if I know my wife is going to enjoy them as well. My wife, uh, some, some particular mushrooms, my wife may not enjoy more than others. But 
whenever you are picking a morale, make sure you just flicker. You know, uh, all those pores, all those uh, holes that you see on top of the morale, they're actually filled with tiny spores. There's billions and billions of spores in every mushroom. Every mushroom releases billions and billions of spores. And out of those billions and billions of spores, only one to two actually uh, inoculate. Right. So a very small percentage actually uh, uh, fruits in the end. Uh, so we want to make sure that when we're foraging, we're foraging ethically. Always remember that somebody else is now there are. I'm not going to use the term here because this is <laughs> a radio show, but, um, uh, you know, there are people that go and they graze everything and then they destroy the batch or they pull on the mushroom. So uh, I personally, my personal opinion is that, you know, you're always cutting, uh, you're always cutting the stem and leaving the, the root in. And before you cut it, you're flickering the, the morel itself. That way, just to assure that all those spores uh, made their way, made their way. Now, when you're making that batch of morels and you take them home, right before you cook them, I would dump them in water and keep them in water for 30 minutes. And every 10 minutes, I would press down on them. And then I would pull the pull the, the the morels out of the water with a strainer, and then take that water, and then I would spread it in your backyard, or spread it back in the, if that area, if that uh, if that patch of area of morels is near your house, because you mentioned your forest nearby, um, mm -hmm. you can take that water and spread it back to where it is. Some foragers will even bring their water in little pans to their spots. That way, they dump them right away in the water. Uh, get all those pores out and then d dump that water in the area. So so there have been oh, a wow. few people that I've read on different blogs that have had success in this. And actually last year when I read about this, and I mean, look, I'm 38 and I, I guess so. I, this is something that I learned last year, right? Talk about, you know, uh, knowing mushrooms. Um, so last year uh, in all of our batches of, Sorry, last year. This April, this I, I'm I'm losing track of time. This past April, when when the morel season was was here, so we had morels uh, April, May, and June. Um, and every batch that we brought in, we put them in water. Um, and 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 around our area, there's a few pine trees in uh, with our neighbors and such, where our warehouse is. So we actually dumped a bunch of it. So we're gonna see what happens this upcoming season or the season after, right? Um, it, it all depends on the on the environment component, right? It's it, it, it all it always comes down to the environment if you know the environment and if you know if you know the uh, the trees and uh, that are in your area there's a likely chance that you will find edible choice fungi that are that are surrounded around that tree as well cool i'm so glad that i learned that from the show this is so great because i'm definitely going to do that next time because i always worry about that stuff we have a lot of ramps mm -hmm. on our property as well mm -hmm. and so they're one that you have to be very careful with because you could over harvest them they're very slow uh to to grow and so i was kind of just wondering what we should do with mushrooms so that's great um so then the last thing is so you have a company so how can we buy from you where can we find you online uh so we, we're actually changing a lot of that as uh, being there's a lot of things happening us. You know, we're launching a mushroom jerky. We're launching a, a mushroom beverage uh, and a spice as well in the coming year. But everything will be announced officially on our core website, which is themushhub.com. So T-H-E-M-U-S-H-H-U-B.com. And then if you go into Google and type Dennis Mushrooms, I'm pretty vocal on LinkedIn and all over the place. So, so uh, we announced. But if you go to our website, uh, there is a there is an online um, a store as well. If you're in, in this area, we're looking now to we are expanding further into Ontario as well as in the Great Lakes region on, on the U.S. side. Um, and then if you're ever visiting Windsor, Ontario, we have a store uh, right here at the corner of Walker and Niagara in Windsor, Ontario um, at 879 Walker Road. And there's two beautiful uh, chanterelles, golden chanterelles that were painted by a local artist, Julia Hall, that is sort of our symbol to, to the, 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 how do you call it, the, the, the stamp on the building that showcases who we are and what we're about. Awesome. That's so cool. So uh, I was I was just in Detroit a few years ago for a, an environmental conference. So I wish I had known that you were there then and I would have I would have stopped in because, yeah, I'm super getting into mushrooms, whether it's foraging, whether it's dosing with them to try and take away an ailment I have, um, whether it's just finding them at the grocery store and cooking them up with some meals. I know that they, like we said in the beginning, a lot of them have a lot of vitamin D and other vitamins and all these things that we need to stay healthy. And what a better time to stay healthy so that you don't run into problems and have to go to the hospital. Because honestly, with everything going on, 
that's really the last place that I want to be, that's for sure. So um, just having a healthy, balanced diet with all your vitamins and minerals and everything you need. Um, mushrooms can be a part of that. But again, be very careful if you get into foraging because it is dangerous. Lots of people have got hurt. Lots of people have died. Um, so you really have to be careful with that. And if you want to be a little safer, you can stick to uh, going to the mush hub and ordering some things there. You can um, you can go to the grocery store, that sort of thing. Um, there's also supplements as, as well. Do you do supplements? Do you do like any, any of that stuff? We do not because we everything we do is wild, right? So um, we are thinking about at, at one of our facilities here where we're growing mushrooms, uh, we're planning on uh, strictly uh, uh, focusing on the adaptogen component of mushrooms in, in that facility. So it is down our pipeline. We just don't have it at the moment. But when it comes to culinary mushrooms, I suggest that every time people go into a grocery store today, every time that you go in, pick a different mushroom. And try different things with different mushrooms because you would be amazed at what you're able to achieve from having an authentic vegan and gluten-free lobster bisque to having a vegan bacon to having a vegan, uh, you know, pulled pork, um, just utilizing different types of mushrooms. Uh, you know, that's what we're excited about. We're excited about people now trying our foods that we're launching, which will, if you close your eyes, you will think you're eating meat. But what you'll be eating is Earth's original meat, which are mushrooms. I appreciate you, Laura, inviting me today, and, and thank you for thank you for chatting, Fungi. I'm I'm always I'm always open to this. Awesome, thank you so much. And it is a really cool world to get interested in. And uh, yeah, there's a little danger to it, so be careful. But um, this has been great. And uh, yeah, you can find Dennis on themushhub.com, or if you ever happen to be in Windsor stop in, say hello, check out some of the products. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Dennis. This has just been great. Thank you so much, Laura. And I, I look forward to, uh, to, to speaking again. That was Dennis Vidmar from The Mush Hub. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.